0: Reef Therapy by Reef Builders is powered by ICP Analysis. What's in your water?
1: Hey Reef Builders, welcome to episode number 74 of the Reef Therapy Podcast. My name is Remy. I'm joined by Raj and Mark. Today we're going to go through some reef therapy of our own. We're going to go through our own tank stuff. We're going to talk about a poetic article on the Reef Builders uh, page and so much more. We'll go through some comments if we've got time at the end. Gentlemen, Thank you for joining me on another Reef Therapy podcast. What are we drinking tonight, Raj?
2: Ooh, I changed it up a little bit. I have glass. Mm. Got an Italian Peroni.
1: Nice. Yeah. Raj, you I always have those when I go to Maggiano's.
2: <laughs> 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 I just remember this beer from when I went uh, in college. And it's like they're their piss beer there. But, you know, we're college and we're like, oh, we're going to have the the good Italian stuff. And we were crushing this, this Peroni there. Um, and all the Italians were drinking Budweiser. Like that was the cool import. That's yeah. But
0: Euro Budweiser is pretty good. It's, it's, it, I think it, it's different, yeah. right? Isn't it slightly good. different? I
1: don't know. No, they're owned by InBev. Yeah. So that would make sense that there would, there would be some, some, uh, brew houses or there's some breweries over on that side of the pond as well. So, um, I don't know much about that. I, I'm uh, probably talking out of my butt here, and
0: somebody's going to call me out.
1: <laughs> I have been to the brewery here several million times, yes, um, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't recall that part of the tour. Uh, what do you got there, Mark? What are you drinking? I,
0: Raj always shows up with these interesting, different <laughs> beers. Like he's doing a a tour. Uh, I'm still with the Heineken, so yeah, boring. But I did have uh, Sweetwater uh, after my run today at my local establishment so nice
1: do you want to bring up this picture which i did send to mark while we were in uh ohio but <laughs> that is raj with the sweet nice. baby jesus in hand uh, we didn't end up getting that oh no because it's like peanut butter something yeah. wasn't it it was like, yeah chocolate peanut butter porter we were already drinking some weird stuff we, with there, yeah, so. we did we were pretty
2: loaded up with beer and i was like we, we're not gonna touch it we bear we didn't get through all the beer that we had so
1: yeah yep, i still have I to grab it here you got through one bottle yeah it was like dragon's teat or something I don't yeah know what it was. you were describing uh, i'm drinking that. It was a pretty a nameless beer uh. so <laughs> it's
2: generic beer it just says beer
1: Acme beer. I can't give credit to anybody or I'll get called out in the comment section. <laughs> That's owned by BlackRock. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mark, what's going on in the, anything you want to get off your chest? Anything you want to bring to therapy today?
0: Mm, nothing real therapeutic. Uh, I've, I'm pretty boring. I, I So two angelfish passed away. Still don't know why. Everybody else is doing great. Um, so now I'm thinking like, oh, well, let's take those trackies and stuff that would have been risky, uh, moving up to the big tank. But the, the hold up there is I have two large clams, one duresa and one squamosa, and they're both pretty big and they move around. So they're always just, you know, opening, closing here and there. And, you know, they sort of scoot around. Right. And so I can't put any corals on the sand bed because they just, I mean, they're big clams they just sort of you know crush them against the rocks and stuff so now i'm sitting there going well maybe i need to get rid of one of them so that i have a little more room in my substrate to bring some because it's really weird how my favorite corals and arguably the prettiest corals are in my crappiest tank it's like a pet smart or petco dollar deal tank with I mean, it works great. I have a tonsy skimmer magnet, you know, attached inside in the corner, and that's it, you know, and a couple of kessels. Um, but it's in the unfinished basement on, like, a 2 by 4 shelf, <laughs> you know. It's, it's just, like, the overflow tank, um, but ironically, it has all, like, my choice corals, so I thought I should really move those up where people can see them. So that's what I'm sort of rummaging through my brain. But then the other side of me is like, or I could just get another angelfish of some sort um, and run the gauntlet and see what it eats. But that's about it. Um, Hmm. I disconnected this outside airline when all the smoky fire stuff was hitting Georgia. What else? I'm pretty boring, man. I don't buy things.
1: Somebody (laughs) commented on that. Did you catch that uh, comment? Somebody who actually lives in Canada they said that it dropped their pH, but that was pretty much it. Um, and they said it went from like eight, two to like maybe seven, seven. I'm just speaking off the cuff right now. But, um, yeah. other than that, there was no effect on the tank, but I would imagine a swing that much, I guess it's not too, too bad, but, um, I guess if that was like uh, something that consistently was happening, maybe that wouldn't be ideal. Um, yeah, it was interesting. That was the only thing he said.
0: Um, Rapping with reef bum interviewed um, uh, Craig um, Bingman uh, who's a you know brilliant chemist guy and uh, I think it was Jason Langer brought up the pH drop that he experienced as well and and uh, I don't think I don't think there was like an explainable correlation but then hearing another person make the same comment was interesting you know so because yeah, yeah. You know, well, we're about smoke to get a, fire, so.
2: a new one now with the uh, with the sand from the Sahara. What?
0: Yeah, what are you talking that's,
2: about? That's blowing over. It did it a few years ago, and it's doing it again now. So we're gonna get a nice little sandstorm from from Africa. You guys want to get this? all?
0: No. Yeah. I don't want to get all climate changey and all that. I don't want to get into that. But I mean, is it just like is the world just going nuts with the weather right now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Vermont downtown, Vermont's like completely flooded. I mean, That's terrible um anyway it's just weird weird weather man
1: yeah it's a lot of that saharan saharan dust cloud in florida will leave you tasting the sands of africa
2: that kind of sounds
1: nice (laughs) (laughs) followed by the
2: rains in africa (laughs) (laughs) are we about to sing a toto song (laughs) 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 we have to hold hands first
1: (laughs) oh we're laughing now it's going to cover everything (laughs) it is (laughs)
0: <laughs> i know when this comes out it won't be funny because people will be you know like paint stripped <laughs> off of cars and stuff and they'll be like ha ha ha
1: guys yeah yeah, yeah. uh anything else mark yeah, i'm okay we'll get a rush
2: i i started getting excited about fish well Ooh. first was coral you know i mean we were we were at dan's place for a for a good bit and you can't help but start getting excited about all the different corals and the colors and the movement, all the Ghanis. It it was, it was just so cool. So that started it, but then I got back into fish and now it's, you know, the upgrade issue has popped up already because I want to do multiple tanks. I I want a clam tank and I want (laughs) the fish only tank and I want my reef tank and yeah. But I'm excited about what, fish.
1: What what specific fish? Did you have a specific fish that you saw there while we were at Tidal Gardens or
2: um, well, my favorite fish is the copper band butterfly. You know, it's it's a basic fish, but I just love that thing. And it, just seeing it swim around there in the other tanks, it it I don't know, just got me excited. So it doesn't have to be anything special. That was just that's always been my fish. And no matter how many fishes I see or uh, I mean, different aquariums I work at work on or go to the different aquariums that's just my fish I love that thing
0: yeah what's your um what's your opinion on the mulleri butterfly yeah, which is like a, yeah see there's it looks, that's a very polarizing fish right I think Jake <laughs> hated them he's like they're ugly it,
2: it, yes they're ugly they, they look like they look like they've been dropped. Like that that was the one that was dropped as a baby and didn't <laughs> quite turn out right. <laughs>
0: I saw one for sale online and I think it was like 500 bucks, you know. And mm, yeah. They're hardier, I, from what I gather, than copper bands. They take to captivity better, but yeah, they're like are like, They have to be brown. when they're that ugly. <laughs> <laughs> they can't just rely on their looks alone, right? That's right.
2: They can't skate
1: by. There was there was one tank that we saw after we were done with uh Tidal gardens um jeff's tank which you'll see in a future video but he had a morish idol in his oh, yeah. uh, reef tank and it was so cool you know you get that big long streamer on the top and you know both raj you and him had commiserated about that <laughs> streamer getting stuck in an mp40 every once in a while and then growing <laughs> back uh which apparently had just happened about two weeks ago and he was like oh it'll be back before they get here so it'll be good." Um, but yeah, seeing a Moorish idol was really cool because I, I feel like you see him every once in a while in the fish store and you're like, is that you really want? I mean, I know it says it's reef safe with caution or he's like, yeah, he he'll eat, he'll eat coral for sure. (laughs) So, but he feeds also like several times a day to, to keep him satiated, but that doesn't always work. Yeah.
2: That's, that's the only way that I had my trio is I would feed so heavily and even then they would take out a coral here and there, but it was worth it. I mean, when, when you, whenever I see the, the, you know, caution, all I read is, so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth the risk. If you're not into we'll collecting
0: $500 frag corals, you know, if you're just keeping 30, 60 dollar frags mm-hmm. and growing them out. Yeah, I mean get get that angel and it's gonna eat something and it's not gonna eat something else. And there was a guy who had like a north of two hundred gallon tank with all of these pomacanthus angels and the backdrop was just a bunch of leathers. You know, leathers and certain mushrooms that they just wouldn't eat and it was beautiful. I mean it was just overgrown softy tank with these badass, you know, Emperor had a chryserus angel, it had it was awesome. Like, that's my kind of tank. Um,
1: yeah. But. Yeah.
2: Hmm.
1: Raj, you got anything else?
2: Yeah, that's it right now.
1: You? There were some cabinet comments. Oh, yeah. There were some c- comments that uh, people had about a cabinet maker, or was there one near you? Is that what I yeah, saw? Yeah, yeah. one guy that would. Yeah,
2: I'm psyched about that work one. for frags, he that's said. That's even better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Show us your frags, Raj. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Did you get anything or did either of you get
0: anything from Than or
1: No, no. 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 I'm sure I I mean there is there was a couple that I really really wanted, but um I think I could just hit them up. I'll text them and be like, Hey, remember that one thing? Remember that one time we did a whole video series on your place? Uh, he did, and I know that, like, I know you guys aren't huge ZOA guys, but he did have the stratospheres, which I will always take my breath away. Um, and they're not, I don't know, I guess their they're, pattern is appealing, but I think what's more fascinating about them is they're just kind of mysterious. You know, if you cut them, are they going to melt? Is your $1,000 <laughs> per polyp going to melt? You know what I mean? Uh, but I think more and more, and I've talked to a couple guys about this who have them, They're becoming uh, more readily aquacultured, which is really awesome. Um, That'll bring the value down for sure, which will make it cool to, you know, everybody else who doesn't have $800 for a polyp of zoanthid. I just Googled them. Um, I didn't,
0: I don't pay attention as though it's $719 for one polyp. Yeah.
1: Yeah, what? they're they're really cool. They really hold that uh, that spiral kind of yellowish pattern in the middle, and those that purple skirt, that lavender skirt. It's just I don't know. It's always been a cool zoanthid to me, but I don't know if you if if those were being you know if those were being sold for forty dollars, would I still think that? I don't know. I can't. I'd say. love to see a big colony Nobody of did. Them. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, what I've heard is that Indonesia has tons of them, and they're just kind of withholding just kind of both withholding those to keep the value up in the U S I mean,
2: if you see the coral and fish trade, I mean, these guys are getting a nickel for collecting this stuff. And most of them, they just want to get that stuff out. I mean, that's the divers. I mean, the operations there know that some of this stuff has more value than the rest, but I can't yeah. see them stashing it risking. You don't think they're, they're looking die. at the U S market. They're looking at the market all over the U S market. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I, don't
2: I just don't buy it
1: but yeah those were cool he had uh he had a couple endophilia that i really really liked and i'm in this new tank i'm really want to make one of those on the sand bed like right there right in the middle um just a really cool purple pink you know deep colored endophilia right there um but yeah fans was great and yeah, definitely got me more inspired to, and, and excited for this next tank. So, um, yeah. just talking to him, just being in, in reefing mode for 48 hours was, was a lot of fun. And the fact that we got gelato was even better. I'm still that, was rad. that. I don't even care. Mark, he made us gelato. How? Fresh. With a gelato maker. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and we had gelato for <laughs> breakfast.
1: <laughs> yes
2: and it was amazing all i remember I zero regrets I'm like we, this is great
1: we went to the, we went to cbs and he's like i just need to get some half and half and next thing you know he's whipping up like strawberry gelato and it was like the best gelato i've ever had um but yeah, anyways, I I've I've talked about that f- numerous times now. Sounds like um, a in Charlie Ma-
0: Murphy story on like De Chappelle where he like goes plays basketball at Prince's house and then he's like and then afterwards he made us waffles or pancakes or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like one of those crazy stories, you know, <laughs> where you're like, what? Than is the Than is it the, was, like of like the It was like it was a hobby. it was a random stop. It <laughs> was like
2: I just need to get, you know, like Remy said, I just need to get some half and half. And then he comes up, <laughs> he's got multiple half and half, and I'm thinking, wow, this guy likes his half and half.
1: and then then, uh yeah gelato so if you're watching on youtube i'm in a different room of my house this is my dining room and the reason i'm here is because everything is a disaster downstairs (laughs) Um, and i didn't want to smell coral the entire time because i've got the frag tank is all the way empty Ah. so it's just that little that little bit of water down at the bottom that's kind of (laughs) I need to scoop up all the debris and all the detritus and stuff from, from you know, remnants of snails and hermit crabs and things like that. Uh, the sump still has some water in it, but we're making some headway. The, I went ahead and used, I actually used Jake's video for his stock tank when they moved that big giant cube. Um, and I'm going to, I've replicated that for the most part and have moved all of the livestock from the frag tank over into that stock tank. So there's nothing other than some macroalgae and things in the uh, frag tank right now, but that's all coming down here in the next day. Um, but yeah, it's, it was kind of sad. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to lie sitting there. like, this is, you know, a tank that I've had for the last five or six years now. And, um, you know there's a lot of a lot of coral memories if if you will i know it sounds super cheesy but i think everybody's got their their corals that they really love and they want to take care of and i you know it's funny because i i didn't really have a lot that i wanted to keep <laughs> 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 there's a ton of kenya tree in there like a ton of it was it proliferated Beyond reasoning, I took a lot of it to the local fish store. I also had a lot of aptasia growing on the macroalgae in the refugium. So I took that to my local fish store because he's got a Bergia grow out. So um, I also had a Springer damsel in the sump that was kind of in isolation <laughs> down there. Um, he went back to the LFS, but I kept my two clownfish that I've had forever, my spawning pair, a Molly Miller blenny. I don't know why I ever bought that fish. And uh Tamini Tang and those guys are all in the stock tank right now. So it's a mess down there. It's uh it's it's pretty crazy. And I walked into the LFS and I was like, gosh, taking out tanks sucks. It's the worst. And he's like, I know, I do it like every day. So <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing to people in the industry, but you know, when you've when you've had these tanks for years and then you start breaking it down, you're like, Man, there is so much stuff in here. Mm. Just stuff. So good news on that front, the frag tank is finally moving out of the way. I'm gonna break down that stand and the sump and everything tomorrow, get that all cleaned up. Move the red sea stand into place. Cause when you I didn't know this, but when you're making the red sea stand, it's very IKEA-like. Um you put that together and you get about halfway and then you put the tank on. So the doors aren't on, none of that is on yet. So you put the tank on about halfway through the, the stand build level everything out. Oh And yeah, then yeah. you put the doors on and the support and all that kind of stuff. So cuz you need the weight of the tank
0: to yeah. level the stand yeah. like it. the yeah, 3000 yeah. little feet underneath. Yeah, yes. yeah. I had the same tank. Yes. I remember the 625 well.
1: Yeah. I'm not looking forward to leveling the tank cuz I believe you're right. I think it's like 16 or 20 <laughs> feet or something like that and i can tell you my basement is not level is it on carpet so. or no it'd be on it's gonna be on oh, tile, that's
0: much better. So. i had to do it on carpet and so you have to wait for that carpet pad to compress no oh, um so yeah. i filled the tank with some tap water a little bit like halfway to just add weight uh i will give red sea credit because the doors there is like a baseboard to the stand and when I swapped that tank out, eventually I put a water box in its place and the doors were like flush with the ground. But if you have carpet and the thing sinks into the pad, I couldn't open the doors.
2: Ah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it like, That's oh. a rookie mistake. Yeah. <laughs> so then i <laughs> not had to yours, build but a- there's there's a reason why cabinets don't go all the way to the floor like that. There's a always that yeah. kick panel. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I messaged them and I was like, what's like, you know, what would you suggest I do? And it was like in that old school episode, they were, they were nice, but they were just like, well, we don't recommend you put the tank on the stand <laughs> or on, on carpet. And, uh, it's like, well, but you know, a lot of houses have carpet. Um, I think their newer <laughs> tanks are better in that regard. Uh, they have that, but yeah, that was a pain, but I would, mm. I, Correct me if I'm wrong. With the Red Sea, you don't have to put the floor of the stand in yet, so you have access to all those little bolts. Uh, all those little, yes. yeah. So that was good design. I, I like that. I think
1: that's another. I think that's another reason why they make you wait, um, or why they make you wait to finish the stand before you put it on there. I, I was looking at that today, and I was like, oh. I can access every single one of those feet right now. So that makes sense. So once we get it into the spot, then I can start adjusting everything because I thought about that. I was like, if we put the floor on this thing, how in the world am I going to get to those middle (laughs) feet Am I like a long wrench or how does that work? Uh, but yeah, so everything should be accessible, but I'm excited. Um, I'm, it's, it's going to be awesome to have a, a large tank. And I was I was talking to my wife, and I was like, we can get all the fish that, uh, you know, most of the fish that you wanted, and I can get the fish that will take care of all the nuisance oh, algae. Yeah. So that'll be fantastic. The tank <laughs> crew. The crew. <laughs> yeah, tanks, fox phase, all that kind of stuff. So um, that's going on. I feel like there was something else that was going on in my world. But, yeah, I think the the, the Red Sea build is, is probably... Is taking most of my time these days, so um, good problem to have. Yeah,
0: it's good. It is yeah. a
1: good problem to have. It is a good problem to have. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with the coral in the stock tank. Maybe you guys can help me with that. Because I mean, that all that coral is tainted in some way for the most part. You know, even if I remove it from the plug or whatever, I'm if I put that into the next tank, it's it's got whatever. You know bristle worms or flatworms or whatever was in that tank before. And I know that's all going to come anyway, eventually. Like there's, it's really hard to prevent pests from coming into your tank. If you're going to put any coral in there, but yeah. But if you know,
2: if, if if you know it's (laughs) infected, you shouldn't like put it in that new home. Right.
1: Yeah. 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 Just some of it's growing so well. Like I really have, I have a couple toads that I really, really like, and I would love to go in that new tank. But um, I don't know. Most of that's like fleshy, and there's not there's probably not a whole lot of parasites, if any, on there. and You can see them, but I don't know why chance Scrub it. it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. If it's like leather, it in the backyard, corals,
0: just dip them and clean them and take cut a toothbrush. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. things are so resilient. You could probably scrub the hell out of it with like a brush, and it will be pissed for about a month and then come back, you know?
1: I've been shedding for a month. Um, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, I can throw it in the backyard like, like Mark does. I yeah, have
0: a little uh, coral compost pile.
1: <laughs> I could just see like a raccoon or something coming up to that, like, what is this?
0: I wonder about that because I got squirrels that eat the mushrooms that are growing in my backyard because we've had so much rain. And I'm like, some of those are like, I don't know. I don't know my mushrooms, but I know some of tripping. those are probably either going to make you trip or kill you, you know, with ergot, ergotism or something. And they're just eating the hell out of them. I'm like, I wonder if they like had some leather coral frags out there. They'd just be like, yep, let's do it. So what is what do you yeah. think is the smelliest coral when it's above, you know, out of water? I would vote Xenia and the green Slimer
2: Mm, are pretty nasty. Yeah.
1: Any Mm. SPS
2: just has a gross smell. I hate that smell. Monopora. Monopora.
1: Yeah. Or any Acro, really. I feel like any any hard coral that's like, you know, you take the water level down and you can instantly smell. That's kind of what the basement smells like (laughs) Or (laughs) or you've got Um,
2: corals that are RTN-ing or STN-ing and you're you're doing that whole taking the colony out to hack up and save it, it just oh the smell <laughs> dinos it's are giving bad. me i know that's not a coral
1: it's but flash, dude mm.
0: it's like your tank yeah. f- smells awful when you have them stanky yeah
1: stanky mm. uh raj i get the storm this time yeah <laughs> there's a storm going on right now nice <laughs> can't take out my tree anymore because my tree's gone <laughs> hey at least you've got the
2: generator uh, now you're
1: prepared yeah, they, they actually just took the entire tree off of my front lawn today, which is fantastic. Nice. A week later, the grass is all dead underneath it. It's fantastic. So, uh, let's, get into, let's get into this topic. Um, Mark, you had actually brought this up. You wanted to talk about the Paletta article that's on ReefBuilders.com. The title is, is the hobby less fun than it used to be? Go figure. Mark is the one to bring this up. Gloomy, gloomy mark dark mark, <laughs> dark mark. <laughs> the timing
0: of it for me personally was good, just because, uh, yeah, I've been a little bit i admit I've been a little bit burned out on reef keeping and less excited about it, and I've been trying to figure out why you know, like what's going on, is it just summer, and I want to be outside um but the article had some really good points and I, I thought it was, uh, interesting timing, but then he also, he brought up, uh, that a lot of people that he's known for the hobby for a while have felt that way. And then I thought about a lot of people that, uh, I've known for a long time in the hobby myself. And a lot of them feel that way too. So I thought it was a, I thought it was a, a good article. And, uh, Yeah, I just threw it out there like, hey, you guys want to talk about this or we can talk about Sanjay's that dropped today or we could do that on a different day. Um, Let the heat die down on that one a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah, let's let's talk. Let's dig into this a little bit, because I, you know, I kind of I read through this. And the one thing there's a lot of things that stuck out to me, but I think the thing that stuck out to me the most was something that we had touched on a couple weeks ago, which was having good reefing friends and he make he brings up the point of clubs and societies and how there's been a downturn in attendance and we've seen that here in st louis our slash um club is kind of you know they meet on thursdays once every whenever anybody can get together and it's just a pizza night at somebody's house and it's i can never go because if you have a family and children or a job you have to go to the next day it's like it's showing up at a house on Thursday nights. And I'm sure those guys do have all of those things and have worked them out, but I just can never make it work. And it's, it always felt fun when I first got into the hobby to have those guys and to have those frag swaps and those things to kind of bounce questions off of. And it just seems like nobody wants the burden of taking that on anymore. I know Raj, you actually headed up the, uh, one of the, one of the groups in Atlanta, it's a lot of work. You think it's nothing. You think it's just like a little volunteer thing (laughs) and you get into it and you're like, gosh, this is a lot of stuff. So I guess I get it to an extent. It's a ton of
2: work and it's just like any other volunteer organization or volunteer gig, You, you know, you get a lot of crap for it. I mean, obviously everybody that likes what you're doing, they're your biggest fan for now. But there's always somebody that doesn't like the direction or doesn't like the way you did this or said this or wishes the location was different, right? Because everybody wants something that's just close to them. Um, it's a very much a thankless job. So there, there's a lot of burnout on these boards for for the local reef clubs. I mean, you, you see it with everything. I mean, just look at what happened to Mazna, you know, and, and Makna. There was just a lot of burnout because even when you have a great show you're going to have somebody that is complaining somebody finds something that they didn't like and they're going to take issue with it and they're going to yell at you as if though you're an employee and this is your job that you're being paid to do you know i mean you just you have a job you have a family and then you're doing this for nothing just for the love of the hobby and you got a guy yelling at you it's 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 tough to deal with
1: yeah Yeah, I think uh, we've kind of relinquished our frag swaps to another organization called Reefing USA, and they kind of go around. Um, Bill is the one that runs that. He's got eye candy corals in Wisconsin and he he, he takes the show around you know to numerous cities and they're usually small like smaller frag swaps they're not like reef paloozas or aquachellas or anything like that but it's like you know you get 15 20 vendors in a room you go around you buy some frags it's local it's great you know um and our our club just kind of facilitates it or like you know gives them the space to do it in and make some roast beef sandwiches <laughs> or whatever on the side so that everybody's uh all the vendors are taken care of but um, yeah, I kind of miss it. And that sense of like community is, has dissipated. I don't know if that's everybody. Cause I know that there's some strong, like we've talked about the Indianapolis group, those guys, it seemed like that was a pretty strong group. Um, we talked to Jeff in Ohio. We went to his tank and I guess he's the president of their frag, uh, or their, um, Marine society there. And he's like, we do regular things. You know, if we have a speaker, we might have, 30, 40 people. If we do like a fragging, like he was, he was, he said that they did a fragging demonstration and I was like, gosh, that's, that's actually really cool. I'm, you know, most, I would imagine most intermediate to advanced reefers would know what they're doing, but you've got a lot of beginners. Mm-hmm. That was our most popular that,
2: meeting that we did was the frag demos every year.
1: We'd do That's it. cool. Yeah.
2: What was his, uh, what yeah. was that reef club name of his? Is that a cool acronym? Do you remember?
1: I don't remember. Dang, I don't. I don't, if I remember it, I'll, I'll put it in the, uh, in the show notes, but I don't I'd remember love to see
2: end. what, um, reef clubs are thriving out there. Like, you know, like what meetings are you guys doing or what events you're doing that, um, that, that has good turnouts. Yeah. Cause I, I used to have a lot I of fun f- going to them. So just before I got involved, I Florida today,
1: has, I think Florida has a couple. I forget what which ones, but there's a couple that are, you know, they'll have 50, 60 people at an event, and that's that's good. That's a solid turnout for, you know, something like that. But I don't know. Maybe, it, you know, maybe they were huge back in the day before the Facebooks and before the social medias yeah. and all that, where the only way that you could catch up with people is to, to meet in person and, and actually do a legit frag swap not like go there with a hundred dollar bill and buy corals kind of frag swap you know
0: yeah i think the online community the in-person community i think you guys hit it the nail on the head on that one right Uh, on the online side i think things are different for me they're worse like i'll I'll put it in the context of you know because everything is different for everybody and i don't want to speak for everyone but um A lot of people talked badly about forums and, you know, people giving bad advice on forums and, you know, their their echo chambers and there's been a lot of, um, you know, just kind of crapping on forums. The way forums were at one point in time pre-social media were like little groups, like little communities. And I, I felt, you know, I, back in the early Reef Central days, you know, I was a moderator, I was a staff member. I tried to did contribute articles. Me? Son of a bitch! I did not. No, <laughs> I never banned anybody. Um, and they were critiqued for being heavy-handed with that. But um, but in the early days of that forum, I felt like a community. Like I knew everybody. You know, I, I you know if you went into the SPS subforum, like it was just like a group of people. You know, um, and then there were sponsors, but the forum wasn't driven by the sponsorships and the live sales and all of that right like there were banner ads but they weren't like center stage um and so to me that was really a nice place to like kill some time sometimes at night and just chat with people like you know like i i remember you know like thurman and carlos and like carlos from uh coral view right like all these guys they were just hobbyists on this board and we all chatted away and prior to that you had fishnet um and i don't want to say oh the good old days right but i think social media works differently right you've got these algorithms they look at like which posts generate the most noise they start to push that then there's also the incentive for the people that thunder, yeah. Wow. Are you going to lose power again? It'll just be me and Raj. We'll I thought see. somebody took his
2: picture as I see the flash and then boom. Oh, woke up the dog.
0: Um, so, and we've talked a little briefly about this offline about, you know, then when you are working towards that algorithm and producing content, you're going to produce content that gets more likes, gets more views, right? And so I, I think that inevitably whether it's the aquarium hobby or anything else starts to push it in a certain way and to me i don't maybe i'm just not tapped into the right places like i i don't go on instagram and feel like that sense of online community or even on the facebook group so i do miss that a little bit um because i i bailed on the atlanta reef club a little bit early (laughs) before raj came and fixed it (laughs) when i got critiqued for you know wanting to go grab a few beers with people after. Um, I, but I heard, you know, it got better after that. So um, uh, so I, I relied heavily on the online piece for many, many years. Um, you know, I tried to create like a little Facebook group at one point with like the hobbyists that I was friends with and tried to just create like a little chat group. That bombed, you know, that <laughs> failed miserably. I was like the only one posting anything. <laughs> so I just said, screw this. Um, and, and for me, the only other social element was once a year, I would visit family in Denver and similar to the way you guys felt energized visiting Than, just spending a day with Jake at the studio would sort of reinvigorate me and recharge me for another year of like, yes, you know, like that was cool, you know? So, um, that's sort of missing too. So yeah, I definitely believe community is a big thing, whether it's in person or online. Um,
2: there's yeah. nothing like online though. I mean, you know, you go to a show, you go to a reef stock yeah and that's just totally different. And all the interactions, I mean, even if I'm talking to you guys, but I'm talking to you there, it's so much different. It is It's yeah. just way better the in- person, the human connection I mean, that's the one thing that um, the internet has kind of ruined a little bit is sure, it's connected us mm. all. Um, from all over the world a little (laughs) bit better. But it's also prevented people from getting punched in the mouth. And so you get the online bullying, um, you know, people just hide behind that keyboard. um, And they they ruin it for people. There's there's so many people. I mean, look, I was bullied as a kid. So I know the effects that it can have. And I I hate seeing that. And I hate seeing that there's going to be certain people that get turned away like they they go online with something a minor issue that if you would have gone to your local reef club you probably would have gotten help but you go online and you just get bashed
1: yep i'm glad you brought that up because they're that's like one of the one of my biggest fears with this tank that i'm setting up right now is is like the amount of ridicule that comes with anything you do online i told you i would tone that down (laughs) (laughs) i don't care if it's from you because i know it's a joke but you know that there's like five or six dudes that always pop up on everything and just are just butt faces (laughs) the entire time that's why you know i don't post any i don't i rarely
0: post anything about my tanks online is i feel uh, you know when i started doing the reef therapy thing with jake i was like crap now like now there's judgment on my reef tank. You know, like you could, if it's just your tank at home and you're having some ups and downs with it and you're having fun with it and you're yep, yeah. cool, you know, and your buddy, you know, knows what you're going through. But like you posted online and people are like, oh, that's, your, you know, like there's suddenly this Yeah, this yeah because it, it's of-
2: being compared. Your, your, your aquarium in its state right now, it's being compared to everybody else's aquarium online in its absolute best because that's what pe- most people post, right? They're going to be Yeah. a completely clean tank on that one day where everything is open and just the colors are popping, right? And you're like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a beast. And you take that picture and you put it online. You rarely take a picture of your tank just on a normal day, or eh, there's a bit of algae over here, or I don't know why that coral's not opening up. You don't get to see no. the real every day. It's like, it's a model picture essentially and that's what you compare yourself to too like you know if you're looking at all this stuff online your tank is perfectly fine it can be great and if you compare yourself to that impossible standard it can be i don't know it can be a bummer right it can be depressing
1: agreed yeah. yeah i to go the i guess the You know, the title of the article is the hobby less fun than it used to be. I don't think the hobby is less fun. I think the hobby is awesome. This hobby is so inspirational. It intrigues. It's mysterious. You have to use your problem solving skills, but it's when you take that stuff online and ask a simple question, this is what turns so many beginners off in this hobby. You want to see some, some snarky responses. Go to the bulk reef supply, Facebook page, just a guy or girl asking a simple question about Aptasia. What is this? you will get 50 answers from people who know that it's an Aptasia, but are telling you 50 different things because they're trying to be funny. And it's just like you have to, I think at this point in, in the hobby, if you're going to go online, you have to kind of expect that to happen. But if you really want true answers, you got to, you have to find that person in your community that you can go one-on-one with. I've got a couple of guys like that in St. Louis if we ever have issues, it's usually not going to a forum and posting about it. It's, it's asking one of them, you know, you get a few opinions instead of like 800 and they're all sarcastic. You know what I mean? It just, it sucks that that's a part of this now. Yeah. And that there's always going to be two or three guys that are just total. Buttfaces. And it sucks that you have to expect
2: it. <laughs> right. I hate that statement. That yeah. Yeah. When you go online, you just have to expect that. You have to expect the turd. and. I,
0: Hate that. Well, but like take instagram right I, I i look at reef tanks on instagram um there's some really notable kind of high profile instagram reef aquarists right and they're the ones that show up on the feed the most they create a lot of content their content's really well done great photography the music i, th- I mean they do they put a lot of work into it but At some point, you know, I have to ask them, is the hobby the aquarium or is the hobby the content creation, you know, Mm -hmm. and what's driving what you post online? Um, And it can be both. I mean, I get that, but it's just so it's like you've got people that are really good at doing the YouTube thing and the Instagram thing and they're putting a lot of stuff out there and they're doing a great job at it, but they're also looking at it like I have to create more content. What am I going to do? Uh, and then they're just trying to keep their channel going or whatever right but it also inadvertently drives the hobby because now that is front and center stage right that's the main act that's not the opening act and so it 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 they're not intentionally i think directing the hobby in any direction i think it's unintentional but it's you know, the fancy corals, the most colorful, expensive, rare corals, they get the hits, they get the likes. I'm going to put a quick little thing on that online. And and then that drives people to want that. And it's just this sort of barreling effect. Um, Social media can be addictive,
2: you know, right. getting all those likes you have, you make some real and it gets, I don't know, a hundred thousand, one million views, whatever that is. That's addicting because now you want the next one. You're like, oh yeah, I'm This, that was cool. That was awesome. Getting all those alerts. And then you want that, you want that again. Yeah. I'm with you. I I don't think the hobby is less fun at all. I think it's probably more fun. We're just, it's different though. It's different than when we were younger and doing it. And so it's very different. Mike's been doing it. uh, He's been in the aquariums for 60 years. So he's, He's gone through multiple different generations of this hobby. And (laughs) this is now a new generation where there is a lot of technology. There's a lot of um, social media platforms that I'm sure he doesn't use. You know, I can't see Mike sitting there making TikToks and (laughs) and posting those. So it's just a very different dynamic now. Um, And if it's not one that you're used to, it's... I don't know, going to appear less fun, but I think it's,
0: well, that's exactly it. It's, um, I thought about somebody young getting into the hobby. Would they have, and me, I've been in it since the nineties. I think it's less fun, but that's because I've been in the hobby since the nineties. But for, if I, if, if you wipe my brain, I didn't know anything about corals, reef keeping, anything. And I started fresh or you take my daughter and she suddenly develops a passion for it. Just whatever. Would a person getting new into the hobby and that that sense of discovery and learning, would they have less or more fun today than in the past? I think they would have more fun today. I think yeah. success rate's much higher. Um, you know, the, the equipment is way better. There's not a bunch of DIY. Uh, there's really great equipment. There's,
2: there's the, the internet. Corals. <laughs> yeah. The corals. The sh- corals are beautiful. The number of corals that we have and the different strains and variations and $1,000 polyps i mean that (laughs) we didn't have any of that
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's i think it would be more fun i think for me and this is where you know the doom gloom mark and questions and i've been you know doing a little soul searching is like i think it's i think for me it's just different because i started a longer time ago and You know, I enjoyed the DIY, right? I enjoyed that all the equipment was catered to freshwater and we had to kind of figure it out. Uh, I enjoyed the pioneering, but the pioneering came with a price. We lost a lot more corals and fish and people, you know, there were the hardcore guys, you know, but like the guy that just went into the store and wanted a saltwater aquarium was killing fish left and right back in the day. So it wasn't good. It wasn't a good picture to see all all this stuff being collected, um, I enjoyed the live rock. I en- The paletta part about just weird fish coming in and weird corals and weird stuff showing up on your live rock. You know, I, I was, what do I replace my regal angel with? And you go onto the sites and it's all the same. They all just bring in the same fish now. You know, you don't see like this weird goby or hawkfish anymore. Kevin Cohen used to be great about that in live aquarium. Yeah. Divers then, you'd just be like, what the hell is that thing? Um, <laughs> so for me... Uh, it's a little, it's, it's a personal thing. It's just that I need to figure that out. You know, um, you brought up a fish only tank and a clam tank. The fish I haven't kept are the ones that aren't reef safe. So I was like, I would love to own a clown trigger, you know, like that'd be, I've never owned a clown trigger (laughs) fish. That'd be such a cool fish to own. Um, so it's, maybe I do something different or try, try doing something like that. You know, I don't know that that's the part that, um, I think it is fun. I think it is a great time to be in the hobby. But I think if you've been in it 30 years, I mean, like, the only... Well, let me rephrase. The only stuff I haven't kept is either not reef safe or I can't afford it, right? I mean, I'm not, I am not. I can't afford a conspic angel. Um, but I've kept the other caetodonoplus and... P- P- I'm probably saying that wrong. pomacanthus angels. And I've kept every pygmy angel, ex- you know, not a peppermint, right? But... Um. So it's like, yeah, cool. I bought another yellow tang. I've owned these in the past, you know. So it's that's the that's the thing is how do you keep it interesting if you've kept a lot of things and you've tried a bunch of different corals and and if you're not going for the dopamine hit right of that new coral. I mean, eventually your tank, your your reef, red sea reefer is going to be full of coral one day, and then you're going to be like, ah, I can't buy any more coral, or else I got to get rid of some coral. So then you don't get the dopamine hit of that new frag um, or the dopamine of setting up a new tank, right? That's always fun. is like building where Raj is right now. It's like, oh, what pumps do I use? What lights do I use? That's fun. That's the best um, part.
2: It is. It's <laughs> awesome. That's my favorite part.
0: You know, so maybe I just tear it down and keep building new tanks. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: we'll see if you're so, worried yeah, about you running out of room because your tank is full of coral. You have to have SPS because you're going to walk up to that tank one day and, and your big SPS corals and <laughs> be like, you know what? Screw you. I'm gonna die right now. And, and yeah. it's yeah. just gonna start dying. <laughs>
1: uh he also brings up road trips. Mm. And Mark, I don't know if this is a, a big thing and Raj too. I don't know if this is a huge thing when you guys first got into the hobby, but going to see other tanks, going to see local fish stores things like that and it's funny because we were just talking about you know cuz Reef Stock chattanooga is coming up in September and we were talking on a call about you know your reef club or society or whatever getting a group of guys and girls together maybe 20 30 people caravanning or renting a big you know like a one of those uh what are they sprinter vans yes. or whatever and you know bringing everybody with and i i I'm immediately when I'm thinking about driving from St. Louis, which is a decent drive, it's like six hours hitting every single local fish store I possibly can on the way there just to see what everybody's got. Um, So that's interesting to me, but I'm also probably making content along the way. So I don't know if it's the same kind of drive, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. That would be fun. I would love that.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, even my wife's commented that one of her favorite things, even though she's not a hobbyist, she just enjoyed going to random fish stores when we go on vacation. You end up in some random town just like, Oh, what's the fish store here? Like, you know, so (laughs) hell yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You already have something to talk about. Like no matter where you're at, we all kind of generally speak the same language, you know? So I feel like that's one thing that can, can kind of bind us all and in the hobby at least. So, I don't know. My, my buddies and I, we'll, we'll get together every once in a while. And we'll, like, you know, drive a couple hours away and go go see a fish store somewhere. But, um, you know, with the Internet, it is easier to just shop online. If you're going to shop around for corals, you can, you know, just... I could buy $200 worth of corals right now at, you know, Top Shelf Aquatics or wherever, and it'll be at my house on Thursday or Friday or whatever. You know, but day, buying so. it
2: from like going down to Orlando and going to that store, you know, walking into top shelf aquatics and then, and buying the corals. That's a totally different experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can really choose the one that you want. And I've done that a couple of times where we'll be at Disney world <laughs> and we'll have our free day and I'm like, okay, I'm going to some reef shops. Let's go. And then I'll have them shipped back to me, you know, whenever we're, we're ready, uh, whenever we get back from vacation, set that up and, every reef shop is going to be cool with that. If they ship, Oh yeah, like just pick some stuff out, we'll bag it up. We'll send it off whenever you're ready for it. So, um, that's always fun too. And always an option and going through TSA is also an option and super easy Mm -hmm. because I'd never done that before. (laughs) It's actually fun because, uh, I don't want to give away too much because it will be in a video, but, uh, we were going through TSA and one of the guys was like, what do you got in there and i was like i got coral live coral um we're like we're gonna have to test the water and i was like okay and this other guy came up and he's like yeah we get you know sea world always comes through here and they've got boxes and boxes of coral so we you know we're pretty used to this and i was like okay so my little tiny you know six frag holster is nothing to you guys because you think it's the biggest deal yeah. when you first do it and they're just so used to it especially if you're coming out of orlando because they've seen it they and i imagine most tsa's have probably seen it or most airport TSAs have seen it. So, um, but yeah, I don't know if, uh, if, it, it, are you still going on road trips, uh, Mark to go see local fish? Stars? are you coming to Chattanooga? You better be coming to Chattanooga. Oh, why'd
0: you guys have to do it on Labor Day weekend? This Man. sounds like he's oh. making
2: excuses already.
0: Holy! <laughs> I do have beef with your reef builders article, um,
1: <laughs> which, one? which one we have a lot. All right. I'm
0: gonna tell you right now, my favorite, public aquarium is the Tennessee Aquarium in Chattanooga. It's my Ooh. favorite aquarium in the United States. It is in my opinion the best it's Now a you cool gotta aquarium. you gotta be into freshwater stuff too because their freshwater exhibit is insanely good I mean it's like they have every freshwater biotope and it's just the way you walk through this dark room it's I, I don't know I don't want to I don't want to talk too long about it and give it all away but it's just a beautifully. <laughs> executed aquarium and your reef builders articles like restock chattanooga and then i had a thing about attractions and there was no mention of the aquarium i'm like you're having an aquarium show in chattanooga and you don't mention <laughs> the we've the got Tennessee something planned
2: with it don't worry don't all worry. right good yeah I'll i love the way that, that it's laid out
0: yeah i love oh yeah where you zigzag down yeah. that yeah yeah Super and cool. and they've built out a whole saltwater thing you know like a separate building um I don't know if I've seen that or I have. I don't remember when the last time I was there. They got like those big freshwater rays that are black with the, in these ponds. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's insanely cool. So,
1: yeah. Have you ever been, Remy? I've never been. Oh, man. And this is coming from you guys. You got the Georgia Aquarium. That's kind of a, that's kind of a big, uh, big deal that you're saying Chattanooga. I know
0: I, I don't want to piss off Steve and them from the Georgia (laughs) Aquarium, but because I do love the Georgia (laughs) Aquarium, but. It's like going to the George Aquarium is really busy, really intense. It's downtown, yeah. you've cussed somebody out while you're trying to park, <laughs> then there's like three hundred baby strollers blocking your access to everything and it's it's yeah. just it's it's like it's like going to the mall during Christmas, you come out of it like reptile brain like oh man, that was intense. Chattanooga is yeah. like this journey, you know you go through it mm-hmm. um. Uh, Georgia, they dump you in the middle, and they're like, wherever you want to go, just go, and it's just chaos, whereas yeah. at the Chattanooga Aquarium, you go up an escalator, and there's the sound of trickling water, and as you keep going up the escalator, the water gets more and more powerful until it turns like a flowing, rapid river, so it sets the mood, you're like, okay, alright, you know, and then you're, you have to, there's only one way through it, it's like a journey, and I like yeah. that, so...
1: That's how the St. Louis Aquarium okay. is. It's cool. You can't really. It, it, uh, Shed is a lot like Georgia, where you just kind of get plopped in there and you get lost and you're kind of self-guiding your tour. And yeah, it can be overwhelming if you've never been there before. But St. Louis is is a lot like Chattanooga, from what I'm gathering. Has the soundtrack, has the vibes, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. I like yeah. that. That's cool. Well, we'll definitely have to stop by when we're at um... Reefstock.
2: At uh, Chattanooga, he was trying to uh, breed the Portuguese man-of-war. Oh, wow. So I'd be really, really curious how he's coming along with that, because that was a super, super difficult goal, and he was tackling it. It's just such a cool project to take on.
1: Oh, no, my gosh, yeah. yeah.
0: And for those who've never been so, to Chattanooga, it's a cool little town. It's not too big. It's right on the river. It's I awesome. Mean, I, yeah i i like going up there just for the day sometimes it's about a two three hour drive from here and we've done overnights there kids love it mm-hmm. it's just you just walk around everywhere good restaurants it's nice. it's great
2: you need have lookout mountain just yeah. south of there there's just which is incredible hikes you've got the waterfalls there's so much to do and then you're right Let's there not at the forget rock city rock city baby <laughs> Such a crazy (laughs) place. What is Rock City? Is that a bar? Nope. (laughs) No.
0: (laughs) That cave, like you go into this cave with crystals, and then you realize that the entire ceiling of the cave is glued with dead coral. (laughs) And that was before reef tanks. I think they put that together in like the 50s. And you're like, they probably like destroyed a whole reef or something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Is it like a tourist attraction? yeah.
0: Yeah it's um it's just cool rock formations and then somebody used to live there and it was their backyard and garden so they did some cool landscaping and now you just kind of walk like there's a part where you walk where the rocks are you can barely well most people can barely fit through right because it's super thin um and yeah it's just one of those you know bridges you walk across and stuff i don't I, i how do you explain rock city
2: you don't, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, don't. <laughs> you just have to go see Rock City. Yeah. Right? yeah. When you it's when you see the big off... billboards, follow yeah. them.
1: Oh gosh, the billboards. <laughs> we have a place in Missouri called Uranus. <laughs> and it's this little I think it's off of forty four, one of our main highways through Missouri. And <laughs> they have a fudge factory. <laughs> And that is the draw. Oh, I, I kid you not. They have stickers that say, like, I ate fudge in Uranus and all of the things. It's such a great play. And it's like, you know, you drive by and it's like a giant carnival has exploded on this hill. And the town is so tiny but they have this one shopping center. and It's all geared towards Uranus puns. So uh, that's always fun. It's great. <laughs> Something you don't get if you don't road trip, that's Right. right. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get up for that
0: one, but it just sucks that it's Labor Day weekend because, yeah. You know. Plus, I think Chattanooga is gonna be pretty busy over Labor Day. I mean, a lot of people go go there as a destination,
2: right? It's gonna be great. All right. It's usually super you. quiet, so it'll be interesting. It? With yeah, anytime I've been to Chattanooga, it's just it's not super busy. That's true. Yeah. Right. It's just compared such a to Atlanta, place. it's like so yeah. chill. It's right. like ah. <laughs> you know, you yeah, you just could breathe for a second. Uh, funny thing, when we were in Ohio, I was, I mean, we, we had traffic, and it was like three cars on the road, and it was just <laughs> so weird, and people were driving the speed but, limit, and I just, oof, it was
1: painful. Raj was still driving like he was in Atlanta, though. <laughs> <laughs> and our rental car was a Mustang. Oh, wow. Okay. So <laughs> you had the horsepower. It, it was one of those. What was it? Would you say we got uh, the dealer's choice or something <laughs> like that? And we randomly got our pick of a. We're like, well, we might as well take the Mustang. So uh it was a four-cylinder it right wasn't like a souped up version or whatever but uh it was just it was man there's one thing that i was not looking forward to is being in a car with Roddy <laughs> driving because i've heard stories <laughs> Well, he hell, likes dude? to pile a lot
0: of people in too that's yeah.
1: that's his other I'm hobby i'm still here i'm still here see so everybody always good. survives
2: and they have stories i mean driving with me is the best
1: <laughs> yeah if you were riding with anybody else there's
2: no story it's like yeah we went from a to b (laughs) again (laughs) safely it was kind of sucked that's right
1: um there's another part of his article where he says fewer new fish and corals which is kind of interesting because i know you had uh, raj you had said that there's so many new corals and i think you know um or goniapora or Goniopora um is one of those corals that was super difficult to keep right and now just going to fans and title guard they've got like you know i don't know 15 20 varieties and different colors and they're all just flourishing and beautiful
2: yeah i mean there were lots of corals that you just couldn't get because we couldn't keep them alive and now not only can we keep them alive we've got all these different variants and all these color strains and i i don't get that part i i get that the fish part might be somewhat restricted right now with all of the, like with Hawaii closing down and, you know, some other import bans that are in place right now, but the coral market has exploded. I have never seen this many corals before.
0: I, I, yeah. I guess what I would argue there, because I agree with you. I mean, the variety of of gonies is insane now. Um, I mean, I have five different types in my little basement tank. And the one that doesn't grow, like just sits there, is the amaze balls. Of course, it's like, hey, how much am I? Oh, okay, then I'm not going to grow for you.
1: Um, Just so you know, Than has troubles too. By the way, so did Jake.
0: Uh, And then there's like the one guy that like sells frags, and it's like overgrowing egg crate, and you're like, what? What are you? What are you doing? You know, can you ship me your water? Um, No, but um, that is one that I've picked that I need in my tank. Probably, I, I have two suppose. and they're just they're they're doing great. They're just not growing. Yeah. You know? hmm. And the other ones keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So I think this str- the variety and strains within certain species has really expanded. I think the variety of species has gone down. And then in the SPS world, we've seen you don't see a lot of new staghorns. You don't see a lot of the big, chunky, like humulus and gemniferous or gemriferous. I can never say that right. Mm. Um, you know, like, remember those? Those yeah. were cool. And if I yeah. was ever, uh, I talked to Jig with, if I was ever going to do another acro tank, it'd either be a deep water acro tank or I'd want just like a reef crest tank with just a crap ton of flow, really bright, you know, not that blue light, like bright white light, and then just do like some real. Corn on the Cob, Acros, and (laughs) Staghorns. Because those are... I I don't... The Tenuous and all these little... uh, They're not my cup of tea. Uh, I love Millie's, um, but, um, you know, those are still at least somewhat variety. I just feel like there's... It's what... I Like what Paletta said about you, just like, they'd open the box. And this was when Wild Collection was really the bulk of it. You know, you'd just be like, what's in here? And sometimes it'd be something weird. Um, And Jake... I don't know how he continued to get weird stuff, you know, because he did. Because the vendors I would shop at, I don't really see anything too weird.
2: Um, but Yeah, you know. the stores are probably just avoiding ordering the weird because they don't have a a demand, a, a demand for it per se. Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't know if you have a demand for it unless you have it. You can't sell something you don't have. But they know that they're going to sell that balls, So they, they kind of stick with that. It's taking the easy route. I mean, it's tough to gamble with a coral that you're just not sure if somebody's going to buy.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you, if you've got a local fish store, what I always do is just put a bug in their ear. You see this. I'm in. Like if you see, if you see this in somebody else's tank or a tank breakdown, or you see this on a list or whatever, you put that bug in many people's ears, which I'm assuming is what Jake did. Like they, they all knew he was going to take the weird stuff. So if they get that in Jake's their first call. Um, and he had connections with everybody. So. Yeah, he had wholesaler um, but, yeah.
0: connections, so he would, you know, I think call up some of these wholesalers and be like, "That right there." Yeah, um, he and I were supposed to go to California and tour like the wholesalers at one point, and that you know obviously never happened. But I bet that would have been fun because I bet you would see some stuff where you're like, "Ah, whoa, whoa, whoa!" You know, like something that maybe my local fish store or <laughs> your favorite online you know place would never pick that up and sell it uh that would be pretty cool
1: yeah yeah for sure uh th- we just did that article on uh, speaking of fish the king eye yeah the um uh, palma labs king eye that was recently bred in captivity that's freaking awesome yeah that's
2: super cool wouldn't rich is just sitting there out of the limelight and working on these fish that nobody knows that he's working on it's such a cool gig yeah it's fun to get those articles yeah. pop up because it's such a surprise yeah. you know um
1: it's the cutest little thing <laughs> it's in his hand and i'm looking at the picture right now and it's just this little little spot on its tail and it's it's amazing how much how much pattern it has so small you know what i mean um but yeah i think i think the more we the more they keep tinkering with that stuff the more readily available a lot of those fish are going to be yeah. so I don't know. It's, it's a positive while some things are shut down. We can't get those uh, fish imported anymore. It's being worked on. So that's cool. Well, and I, going back to the happiness topic, um,
0: yeah, you know, and that's where I feel like sometimes I'm happier when I do turn off the social media piece and I dive back into books and I just, I don't want to call it going old school, but it's like, I just focus on, um, how amazing these things are. And, I was listening um when we talked about um the legislation changes that were pending in Florida and stuff like that um what was that act called the uh Lacey Act um nah, yeah I was really curious because we talked about the impact to the reptile industry right and so I started to, I wanted to see, because there's, you know, there's reef therapies that are reptile, or, you know, there's YouTube channels, and I was like, I wonder what these guys are saying about it. And then, of course, the algorithm was like, oh, you like reptiles, let's keep pumping these videos on your <laughs> daily feed. But there was one where a guy started talking about getting ripped on, he has a YouTube channel, he's getting ripped on for not portraying enough rare captive reptiles, and like some guy was like, dude, you just keep all the common stuff, you know, red air sliders, mm-hmm. and you don't keep the rare strains of uh, ball pythons because now they're breeding them with these weird patterns and stuff. And, you know, he was kind of pissed about it, and he started talking about it. And uh, he's like, you know, a redder slider is beautiful, you know. And uh, they were arguing, like, the Jurassic World where they create the hybrid dinosaur because, like, the regular (laughs) dinosaurs are boring now for people and uh and i started to think about our hobby is that sometimes you just got to take a step back cuz a yellow tang is is glorious it's a beautiful fish you know or uh i'm trying to think of I mean just the common clownfish is such a cool creature when you yeah. look at it and appreciate it you don't need the designer clown um so i've been trying to do a little bit of that in my own head you know while i'm trying to process this burnout and like okay well What's going on? You know, like, it's kind of, it's, it's funny that is called therapy because I've been trying to really figure out, like, why am I kind of eh right now? Um, and they brought up, you know, if we found, if dinos, or sorry, if giraffes didn't exist, uh, I'm stealing this from this guy, and we found them in the fossil record, we'd be like, what the hell? Like, how cool is it that there was like this animal with this long neck? And we'd be fascinated by them. And yet they're alive today. And we're just like, eh, yeah, giraffes, whatever, you know. So sometimes it's just about adjusting your own perspective. I don't know. So I've, I've been trying to do that a little bit of like, well, okay. I get a little annoyed by the collectoritis and the, the sheer cost of corals, I do think, has gone up. I think the average cost, if you were to average the price of all corals at a coral vendor 20 years ago and today and account for inflation, yeah, I think there used to be more affordable corals with some crazy stuff mixed in. Now the crazy stuff is the bulk. And then, you know, they're like, oh, we got a few $20 frags over here. And if you click on this button, so I do think things have gone up and, and yeah, it's easy for me to get negative and annoyed by that, but I don't have to do that. Right. I can just turn the channel off or change the channel in my brain and go, well, I really like the corals that I have. And I don't, yeah. So it's something some of it's just perception and perspective and what you let get in seep into your brain and how you react to it. So,
1: yeah. Mm. That litho that I bought at the frag swap, uh, for, you know, that hundred dollar video I did where I bought a bunch of coral for a hundred bucks is doing so well and it's given me so much satisfaction. Right? <laughs> I don't know why it's easy, common coral, right? It's a green, but it's just, it's growing and growing so fast that I just, I feel it, it's just cool. I mean, this whole hobby is cool and everything about it is, it is. cool and every yep. creature in it is cool except for kenya tree <laughs> but it's just you know I, I feel like the fish and everything and and i i don't want to get doom and gloom in every one of these podcasts but um i think if there's anything to blame it's social media for just infusing just so much negativity here and there so yeah if you could just be positive in the comments from now on that'd be great that'd thanks be great. okay <laughs> moving on <laughs> Uh, speaking of comments, I want to get to some of those before we get out of here. Uh, I just had that pulled up. Here we go. I'm with Mark. I also have a Relic Stratocaster yeah. and would be terrified buying a fish for the same money. <laughs> the odds of mysterious fish death are way higher than a guitar, mysteriously disintegrating. <laughs> uh, plus, guitars can mostly be repaired if anything goes wrong. Uh, if you missed that from the last talk, we talked about the Stratocaster that Mark has in the the back of in the back of his room there and how he'd spend three thousand on that but maybe not on a fish i try not to bring up guitars and then you brought it up <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> sorry the comments are brought yeah. up <laughs> uh this is that comment the smoke comment rylan says for what it's worth i'm on the east coast of canada and we had some major fires fires with terrible amounts of smoke my skimmer intake runs outside Dropped, from, dropped my pH from 8.2 to 7.7. Only change was smoke in the air. I pulled the line off my skimmer and let it run inside, and it went back up. So hmm. seems like pH was the only measurable thing, you know, at the hobbyist level that was going on there. Well, she'll have to report
2: um, back with the uh, Saharan Sands. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Got all up in my sand. Um, this, this, I found, I found the guy that, uh, that marks our coral talk. His name is I fly 65. Uh, <laughs> we started early on this talk. One. the last, yeah, we st- I think we'll be okay on this one. But and the last one we did with the dark Mark episode, Coral talk starts at 19 Oop. minutes. Ouch. <laughs> uh, he says, I luckily merged two pairs of clowns and they buddied right up. I have numerous $6,000 guitars and over 40 synthesizers. So- it's completely different. It's not, a, it's not good to buy fish that high dollar for many reasons. They die, ego purchase, raising prices in the hobby, um, things like that. But I, I do agree. I think, I think a lot of these high-end purchases aren't necessarily because you like it. It's because you want to show your friends I think there might be some of that in there as well. Like, I got this. I got the stratosphere. Look, I bought this for $900. It's, you know, one of those. I, I,
0: that's what the, the reptile reef therapy, I guess, reptile therapy. I don't know. Uh, they were doing a similar chat to what we were doing. And they said the same thing in the reptile energy, uh, um, sorry, industry where they're encountering people that are like, I only keep endangered reptiles, you know, and all this stuff and they were like, "Well, why?" Like, you know, and they said, "Are you is it because you're truly passionate about that animal or is it just because there's the the flex of it, you know?" And um it, so it's not just our hobby, right? It's 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 in guitars, it's in reptiles, it's in
2: it's just in life in general, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's just part of human nature, I think.
1: Yeah. Um, someone is requesting Dark Mark merchandise, <laughs> stickers, and T-shirts. I asked you for the digital file earlier of that. We might be in the works and getting I, some stickers. I got the
0: digital, but she says she wants royalties. <laughs> <laughs> We're not selling it. No, that's why I told her, like, <laughs> I don't think
2: they're for sale. I think that... <laughs> Ten percent of zero. Is, is is nobody zero. <laughs> <yeah>.
1: <laughs> Nobody's gonna know what it even means. Like they're gonna put it on their tank door, you know, their stand doors or whatever they keep their <laughs> sticker collections and <laughs> what's dark mark? <laughs> My wife therapy podcast. She bro. just gives me these looks
0: like she just first it's like you're doing a podcast and then it's like you're on YouTube, and it's like Dark Mark. <laughs> and then I brought up like, Yeah, they want stickers and like at the dinner table, she's like what? Like, who are you? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: what is the internet? we be creating a star. Is,
2: <laughs> we make some shirts. And then when she runs into somebody wearing a dark white t-shirt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so I brought up Chattanooga and she's like, we're going, we have to witness this, this aquarium thing. And I was like, no, no, yes. you're, she's just going to make fun of me the whole time. But yeah.
1: She does that anyway, I'm yeah. oh, yeah. sure. So yeah. it's just another weekend. Yeah. Plus she'll be in Chattanooga with us. Yeah, that's true.
2: See? Maybe <laughs> and she'll then we can pile on with her. This would be fantastic. Maybe she'll <laughs> think I'm cool. Like
0: I get it. Like you're okay, yeah, all right. All right. You know?
1: We'll set up a little booth, do <laughs> <new> autographs. <laughs> Raj and I can stand on either side of the table with our hand with their arms right. folded like this. Little, little things thing, in our yep. ear, ray Ray-Bans. Could be... <laughs> Who is that? We'll, we'll we'll put a fake camera in front of you like a camera guy <laughs> following you around like a like a reality TV show. It'll be great. Oh, man. Who is that? Oh, I'll start Mark, man. He's a realist. <laughs> we have to start
2: <laughs> at He's the gloom
0: airport, The doom and gloom of Reefy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring the doom and
1: gloom of Reefy. Dark Mark out. <laughs> Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about tonight? Anything uh, we left out? I want to see pictures of Raj's tank.
2: When are we going oh, to see? Like, okay. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even think about it, but I, I do need to do update shots. I should have done it from the beginning, but um, I'll, I'll catch up. I'll update with some photos. That'd be cool. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah I think an upcoming video will have Red Sea update awesome so, frag tank breakdown and moving of stuff and you know the tetris game that's going on downstairs currently so that's all coming up but uh if uh, you guys have any questions for any of us we do a fairly good job at answering those in the comment section so go ahead and go down there and maybe answer our question today you know is is the hobby less fun than it used to be Um, trying to stay as positive as possible uh, with that (laughs) Um, as we talked about in this podcast. But if you have any questions for us, please let us know in the comment section below. If you're listening to the audio only version, you can hit us up on any of the reef builders, social media channels. And until next time uh, we hope your tanks are great and we will see you then. Bye. See ya.